podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best Good evening, welcome, welcome to another live stream from Newspers Order, another podcast. Uh, I'll be your host today, um, X-Pac. Okay, Owen, I haven't been here for a few weeks, but yeah, these are dark times. I thought I'd try and show face and I'm uh, joined today by uh, none other than Booker T himself. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm good, bro. Good, bro. Always uh, good to be on the pod. Always good to have you on here as well. It's been a minute since you've been on. Um, mm-hmm. Nice uh, prime period for you to give your hot takes on uh, the, the current state at um, the lane. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So, touching upon that, um, we thought we'd probably end up going into this in quite good spirits. We had the game on the weekend. Um, away at Bad City, which... Um, According to last week's pod, no one was really too optimistic about. I thought everyone thought we were going to get packed in. Um, but sure enough, we put in a really good performance after some slight tweaks from Conte. And not only that, we came away with a last minute win after actually conceding the equaliser in the 90th minute as well. So credit bravery and props to Spurs just for that win and then we kind of have that as um, a momentum shift going into the midweek game which we've just played um, I see Tobes covered the Man City game on the main podcast um, earlier on this week so we're just going to pretty much skip over it due to the events which transpired yesterday uh, at the time of recording so We've got to get into it, haven't we? Um, yeah, man. Tops, I guess initially, what did you think of the lineup and what were your expectations going into our game away at Burnley? Um, I mean, the lineup, I, I, I assumed it was always going to be an unchanged team. Um, mm. I felt like the confidence from the team winning away at City was always going to be a reason for him to just keep the same um, 11 bods uh, in the lineup. Um, even though Burnley's a difficult one away from home in the league. Um, they're not doing too well in terms of their position and how they perform this season. But again, you know, you perform like that against City. Um, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to perform to a similar vein 
um, against one of the poorer teams in the league. But um, I was probably asking for too much. <laughs> you think, I mean, yeah, you would think after you've beaten one of the best teams in Europe, arguably best team in the league, that you could go away to Burnley, who are in the relegation zone, albeit with it being a hard game for us yeah. usually and traditionally. Um, the weather not so great. The weather actually probably reflected the streams we had to watch the game on because <laughs> the game wasn't live. I think it was originally a three o'clock kickoff when it got postponed. Um, and then moving today, no one picked up the rights for it. Fair enough. It was ironic because we were all quite happy that the game got postponed on the day because we had a lot of injuries and we didn't really fancy our chances even then. So. Yep. With the additions in January, coming off the back of a win against Man City, um, spirits probably couldn't have been higher. Um, now moving on to the first half. Um, boy, uh, how did you break that down? It was a bit of a drab first half. Uh, you didn't first even half... need a good stream to kind of see what happened. Yeah, the first half wasn't, it wasn't a great one. Um, I kind of felt that it was a bit bitty. Um, I felt that there were moments where we were popping it around, um, trying to keep the ball um, in moments where we weren't really controlling. We were almost kind of breaking the lines. And then as we break, as we broke some of the lines, like sometimes we were able to try and catch them out. But again, you know, uh, Burnley being a, a proper Brexit team, 4-4-2, um, two banks of four, very happy to sit in and make it very difficult for us to play. Um, and then when they've got the chance, um, they kind of, you know, give and go. And they're hard runners, hard tacklers. Um, and really, to be honest with you, there weren't that many chances in the game in the first half. Um, and there was a moment at the end where Sun probably should have, if he had made his decision qu quickly or quicker, um, could have easily played in uh, Kane mm. for at least a shot on target before the first half. But again, the first half was really 50-50. Um, I, I felt like we had probably the lion's share in the possession. Um, I felt like we looked a bit brighter than them. Um, but again, there was nothing clear-cut really in that first half. No, you're right. Um, we looked like we had a marginally more possession. I didn't even see the stats because um, it looked like for quite long spells we were coming under pressure from Burnley quite a lot as well like I felt like they were shutting off Kane quite well yeah I think the blueprint is there for um for lesser teams or I guess um uh, teams that were expected to be um their the blueprint is there to play against us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where you if you just shut off Kane and force us wide which which they did very well, particularly in the first half, then really and truly we, we can't really do much about it. Um, yeah. If they force us wide, obviously we were lacking a lot in um, wing-back quality. Obviously, Conte's system relies a lot on that. Um, Emerson, um, all of his nicknames being touched upon now, um, <laughs> remains true to those nicknames. Uh, Sesson Young... The, um, the less said about him... The better man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to give this guy a, 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 some sort of reprieve, but you know, uh, the more and more this guy plays, the more and more he's like showing me that he's not even ready for this level, man. I, I don't yeah, know. No, like, I have to I, agree. I just feel like 
when we saw him at Fulham, right? Fine, he was in a team that was not amazing. They just come up and they were kind of playing as free as they could. But he was one of the bright sparks, an attacking left winger, a bright spark who was a very good assister and a very good goal scorer at the time as well. You know? um, we paid for him and obviously he's been he's been lumbered with horrible injuries. Fine. But I don't know, just, you know, he went on loan. I watched him when he was on loan away. And I thought he was starting to build a bit more confidence. He looked like he was ready again. He mm. came back to Spurs, picked more injuries. And I don't know, like I've said it in the group as well. Like I look at him and that looks to me like a skeleton of a man who used to like be confident in like his ability, but also in his body, man. And I, I think just confidence like, is his main thing, or you just don't think he has. Um, I, I feel like, I mean, I feel like if, you, if you've got to this level, you can't be terrible. Um, and mm. you've played, uh, you know, two different teams and you've done like quite well, especially at one of those teams. But I just look at him now and like, you know, even like when you look at his demeanor when he's come off and stuff, or when he's been subbed. Just looks like you know he's he's really in like a low sort of place mentally right now, and like he's not being backed up by his physical ability. You know, he's not doing the hard running that I kind of know him to be doing. I've not seen him deliver a accurate cross in God knows how long, and I'm I'm there's there's like two or three moments per games when he's playing. I'm seeing him getting to areas where he can shoot or even get a shot off, and he's just not. He's just not doing it. Mm. You know? I feel like um, I agree with um, with all those points. To be honest, um, I feel like his performance yesterday, uh, in particular, kind of epitomised our one. Like there was just no bravery there, particularly from Sess to kind of yeah. get in the positions he can somewhat be threatening. Um, in terms of attacking space in behind, in particular, you didn't really see it that much. Uh, there was a few times, I, I guess, but out of sync with him as well so there was a few times where he actually got into a good position he put in one really good ball across the box and there was just no one there at the no front there, yeah. post to attack it and there was just this one defender from Burnley just standing on the edge of the six yard box to sweep it up uh-huh. like we had as a team opened uh, Burnley up particularly in the second half I felt on on a number of occasions particularly down that right um, but there was just no one really incisive enough, incisive or decisive enough with the final ball. There was no bravery to attack space or do anything. Um, but yeah, um, obviously the first half, um, pretty much covering that. We had Ben Tancor come off at half time due to a nasty injury, which was partly caused by him getting spun quite badly yeah, um, on the did. halfway line. I don't know who done it, but... Yeah, it, was was Josh, it, was, it was Josh Brownhill. Brownhill. You had, who had a decent game, to be fair. I mean, yeah, he did. He game. did for a play. Um, yeah, Ben Tanker subsequently had to go off after doing the splits. And uh, Harry Winks came on. Um, pro Winks agenda aside. Um, yeah. Coming on the second half, I felt like he helped us control the middle of the park a bit better in the second half. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's something we didn't necessarily have that much control over, if at all, in the first. No, um, we, we, we didn't really in the first half. And, like, it's like, you know, with with a player like Ben Tanko, I feel like you get two sides of him. 
you get like a very good technical side, but he's also sometimes it feels like he's kind of a high risk sort of player in like the way he takes the ball and the positions that he takes up as well. So you find that if it, if it pays off, it pays off really well. But if it doesn't, you know, you could leave yourself in a bit of trouble. Whereas with Winks, you have someone who's a bit more stable in his positioning and also where he's happy or comfortable to take the ball. Um, so I felt like that kind of helped in the second half. But then, again, like, the one thing that I just... The one feel that I just feel at the moment with our um, with our midfield is that often in there, um, we, like, it seems like teams are kind of... Um, I feel like teams are kind of cottoning on to the fact that if you get in and amongst just the two-man midfield, you pretty much give yourself a chance every time against us. Like mm. even the way that McNeil was playing yesterday, they had Lennon on like the on like the flank, and he was really causing some problems for Davies and Cessna when he could. But the way that they had Cork Brownhill and uh the Cork Brownhill and McNeil, it was almost as if like they always had an extra man in there. And then that's why they were able to, you know, do you know, nice little triangles and pick out um uh, pockets of space to get the ball to to Veghurst, who again, who was actually quite well, he wasn't good, but he just he just caused a few problems yesterday. You know? Yeah, I wanted by course. It's a shame, especially for that price. It's worth noting as well, like you said, Aaron Lennon played because obviously, arguably their biggest threat in uh, Maxwell Cornet was actually unavailable. So yeah, that's making the game on paper more winnable. But again, um, you know? we lost. We get into that. Um, so up from the second half. Up to, I guess, in and around the time that they scored. How did you feel the game was going in your mind? Um, obviously, we did make a few tactical tweaks. Um, um, up to that point, I thought the game was it was a precar- it was a precarious sort of game at that point because I feel like we had a lot of the possession. I mean, in the end, I think the second half. Uh, let me just check in the second half possession wise. Uh, we had 69% of, of the ball. Um, but again, that possession really didn't make, like, um, didn't really do any damage. You know, in the end, Burnley had 10 shots to our nine. They had three sh- three shots on target. We had two. Um, I just felt like uh, they were very clever in the way that they stopped Kane. And then we were getting our players into good areas. Well, our fullbacks into good areas. But again, um, we weren't really getting anything from. I mean, arguably Kulisevsky did okay, but really wasn't a wasn't a threat really. Um, and then Emerson and Sess really didn't offer us that much uh, from the flanks as well. So in the end, it was a. I always kind of felt the game was always going to be won by a goal or, you know, maybe a one goal margin. And again, set pieces is where they're. That's their bag. Of course, um, obviously we went close a couple of times. I think I know Kane hit the bar. Hit the bar. Um, I'm trying um, to think of the chance we had, which we hit the post again. My my stream was grainy as hell. Like I must have tried about eight or nine, genuinely eight or nine different streams. Um, so yeah, there's pockets of game missed, but for sure, for from my perspective, um, the tweaks we made. Obviously, Winks had to come on by force. Um, obviously Romero, um, as the game went on throughout the first half, he was just pushing up further and further. I felt like that made up the numbers in the middle to allow us uh, more control because 
it didn't look like we feared the counter threat from Burnley that much, which mm-hmm. which I think was validated from from the first half because I, I didn't really feel threatened by Burnley. Like, yeah, they have waves of really good pressure, to be fair, but it didn't really create anything. And um, to be honest, I thought we actually defended really well in the first half. Yeah. So Romero seemed just trying to make up the superiority numbers in the middle, um, was helping us get create some openings and obviously keeping control. Obviously, um, we took off Emerson and then moved Kulizewski to right wing back and then Lucas Mora went up top, which I thought was a good tweak, only in the sense of Kulizewski um, actually looking like a threat at right wing back. Um or effectively, it would have been right wing, right? Because, but we just had so much possession. Because uh-huh, um, uh-huh. could just stay high up on the right. Uh, he looked like our most threatening player, in my opinion. Um, and the amount of space he was getting looked like it was working. Of course, unfortunately, Lucas Mora can capitalize on the space he had. He he done fuck all, to be honest. <laughs> But I, I appreciated that tweak from Conte. I thought it was positive. But then it felt like only soon after that, when we were really, really in the ascendancy, really starting to kind of get into a rhythm and be braver, is obviously when um, we conceded the free kick on our left-hand side. Uh, was it Sessignon that conceded the free kick? It was. Well? It was Sess, yeah. It was a bit of a, again, I don't know, man, just, just very silly. Um, these sort of fouls are kind of avoidable um, because, and the reason I say they're really quite frustrating is because you know, first of all, that this is a team who's very good at set pieces. So you're going to try and eliminate the opportunity for set pieces. You know that we're not great at defending set pieces. Mm, is that a Wolves goal? Yeah, it is a Wolves goal. I noticed you pause as uh, as that went in. Um, unfortunately, I wish we were recording this at a slightly later time because by the time <laughs> we finished, uh, we might have been able to um, replicate what Touchy Goonies did yesterday. Like, fair play. So they went, I think it went live pretty much immediately after our loss. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was saying, so you know, it was it was an it was an avoidable really situation because. We know that they're good at set pieces. We're not very good at set pieces. And you know, in a game as precarious as it was, you don't really want to give them any opportunity, you know. So you could arguably call that even Agreed. a mistake. I could arguably call it a mistake, you know. So yeah. all this sort of stuff. I know people say, you know, oh, it's a free kick. We need to defend the free kick. Again, you don't have to defend a free kick if there isn't a free kick to give away. Before our ops get there as well, um, unfortunately, yes, Romero did get dunked on yes, quite he was, at the back He got post. dunked on as well. Like he got properly dunked. I mean, and what what was what pissed me off about that is that I don't even when I watched part of the game back um this morning, he didn't even look like he knew that Ben Mee was behind him. Uh, no, I think he I think he looked and saw him there a couple of times and just kind of hoped that the ball didn't quite go as far to the back post and he could just then make up for it by trying to put him off and like he he got really close to him to be fair in the end so mm. jumped pretty much right up with him but then me was just there first he got like, properly he, he knows he knows his set pieces yeah so, yeah yeah he go. does he does i mean that's um, so frustrating one and in the end yeah uh we kind of just petered out i mean 
Oh, yeah, we yeah, huffed and puffed, didn't we? I see Bergfine came on, uh, effectively left wing back, left wing, whatever it yeah. is. He came on on the left hand side for Sassignon, and we pretty much just overloaded the attack and huffed and puffed to, to no avail. To be honest, like, did you at all even feel like we would even get a goal? Well, no, I like you know, in the last couple of weeks, I kind of felt that we've kind of been going. Um, a bit harder in the last sort of five ten minutes and giving ourselves like an opportunity to, to score goals, but again, like uh, a team like Burnley, who are very happy to sit in, very well, very well coached in their structure, just it just looked like it wasn't going to happen. And I, you know what, like in games like that as well, you know, I hate to say stuff like this, but it's it's games like that that I just feel that, like you said. We just need someone who's like, who is happily creative to take a risk to try and open them up. You know, like it's all very good being like a functional sort of a team under Conte, where we, you know, we use our automation and we use our fluidity in the front. In the oh, is that two nil? Bloody no, Bloody we, where we use our CT. automation in defence and our fluidity up top to create and score goals and create chances. But games like that, you just need someone who's happy to take it in between the lines, who's comfortable to to turn the turn the defence or midfield the other way and just open them up, you know. And I just feel like at the moment, maybe that's a kind of player that we're missing. Um, but again, yeah, like as the as the game came to a close, it just didn't look like there were gonna be any uh late late bits of drama on our on our front, to be honest. Yeah, I mean those creativity issues don't look like there's there's going to be a solution to those, especially no. from the middle of the park until the summer, yeah. minimum. So this is going to something we get used to. Obviously, we seem to set up in a an, in a way where we're much better at playing teams that come on to us. Yeah, it's, it's um, a good visual, isn't it? Like it's it's insane. Um, let's see. Following on from that, um, <laughs> yeah. I saw a weird that so. We haven't won a game within 90 minutes since December in the league either. So it kind of shows how unproactive we we have been. Um, I think playing in this way does play to our strengths, but I, I, honestly, we, we just haven't been brave enough, to be honest. Yeah, um, it definitely feels that way. It definitely feels that way. Which is a shame, which is a shame. So obviously... Um, we were obviously very dejected and frustrated afterwards. Um, yeah, especially the fans that travelled to the game uh, for yeah. four hour train journey. I'm hearing, which um, which is a bit mad. Um, shout out, shout out, brother Tobes, uh, doing, <laughs> the, doing the Lord's work. He's he's been local in the trenches. Fair play. Um, yeah, fair play. Reflected in our manager uh, Antonio at the end of the game. Um, unless you're living under a rock, you would have seen his comments as to say, you know, um, Spurs have to maybe consider my position. You know, maybe I'm not as good as they thought, but I want to help Spurs. Um, one of his quotes seemed to I guess, point towards the players. He says he's open to every decision. He's too honest. Uh, yeah. it took his too honest to close his eyes and continue it this way and take his salary. Um, See, another quote, just to, um, just to reel it off quickly. I'll say I know it was probably me and you who 
were probably one of the most vocal in the group chat following Conte's comments. Um, yeah. The other one of which, more um, potentially, the players are always the same. The club changes the coaches. The players are the same, but the result doesn't change. I'm too honest to accept this situation. He's an honest guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he is. Um, he's an honest guy. He's an Italian man. He's gonna say how he feels. He's gonna he's gonna let him know straight out off the bat exactly. And uh, I don't know what was you, how how did you take it? How did how did how did you take it? Oh god! All right. Um, I put it. I tell it was about like he's obviously frustrated in the moment. Uh, we were pre warned about this, to be honest. Like, yeah. Once he loses, um, he pretty much flips his lid. He does get emotional, but yeah. at the same time, uh, it's different. There's losing the odd game. There's lose. There's losing two games in the space of six or whatever, mm. and then there's losing four out of your last five. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I. I think he's obviously gone over emotional at the time, but at the same time, where he may not try and resign off the back of this result, um, I think he may try and resign. Obviously, if we if we lose a couple of more, uh, a couple more matches, uh, his comments on the players always being the same is isn't entirely true. Um, maybe for previous managers, yes, but the last two windows, we've had a revolving door of departures, um, yeah. which has been a bit mad. And um, who knows? It will be a case of what happens in the next game that could determine um, what happens with him. Because if he tries to resign, Levy understand um if it's like any normal working place he can't always just say no um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can't just always say no i think conte has to hold a bit of corn as well to be honest um well he he signed up for this do you he know did. what i mean like it might have been a bit worse than he expected but he still signed up for it he still signed up for it man exactly um he knew we wouldn't be fiercely competitive right off the bat um, so there's, I think he'd, he'd be a coward if he tried to resign before the summer. I don't think he is. I don't, I really don't think he is like, uh, because what does he expect to happen this between quickly? now and then, you know, exactly. I mean, the transfer window's gone. You're not even, you're not even going to give yourself a chance to even give it a go with a decent transfer window behind you. If we can get it. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I still, um, I still feel the majority of the media and Spurs fans. I don't know. I, I still feel like they read the situation a bit wrong. I feel like, okay, yes, he's an emotional person, and like I said in the group, I just don't think this man like likes losing. Even as a manager, as a player, he's always been this kind of way in in his nature. So the notion to be able to, and he said it a number of times he repetitively said it to lose four five four games out of five you know it's not it's not a normal thing it's not it's not what he really wanted to come to do at spurs um i i honestly feel it's it feels like he's more so calling out the players because he wants to rally them or he wants to get a bit more from them but it's also like is the way out. in which he'd done that, though, is that going to work? Because I feel like the most well, detrimental yeah, like, thing, I think knowing... the biggest takeaway for me is the way he 
went on the players. Like there was a bit of accountability on his side. Well, yes, like, fair play. I thought that was a bit that was sincere, but at the same time, he he kind of like he kind of suggested he was laying into the players quite a lot. Um, and I think the comments um, were, if anything, at detriment to him. They're the most. Um, I guess potent comments that can affect us in the short term. I think. Um, well, yeah, because these are already players who are already. I mean, okay, you if you look. Has at he the, gone a bit too far the, with the players? Do you think? Well, if you look, if you look at the City game, you can probably look at that game as an individual game. But generally, the players' confidence at the moment doesn't seem to be like particularly high, and um, to have those comments laid laid to you. Um, after a disappointing loss, you know, in rainy in rainy Bournemouth, uh, Burnley, the last thing you want to hear is that. Well, um, you know, I come here, I'm paid my money. Um, pretty much, what can I do? He probably needs to get like a little bit more from the players, and there has to be an accountability on, on, on his side. But again, like, uh, it's it's all about management styles as well. You know, some players like under Mourinho used to be in a situation where. They needed to be called out in order to get a tune out of them. And then some players, which I feel is more the modern modern type of way, is that they just need to be baby. They need to be mothered. Uh, and it's difficult because we're already in a situation as a football club where we're asking for so much from these players just on a, on a consistent basis. And the problem I'm feeling is that we're starting to see more and more that we actually can't trust a lot of these players for genuine consistency like there's lots of them that we just can't yeah i think even if you go through the more um the more sympathetic uh cast members you can only really count on one hand um the amount of players who are relied on yeah um with confidence anyway but obviously after those comments um do you think he's trying to get the sack no just I to don't, summarize I, it I, I don't i i feel like um, it was an emotional, it was an emotional um, way to approach the media, um, and I think he was just speaking from the heart. Um, I feel like he wants to try and get some more from the players, um, like all this notion of oh Spurs broke him or he's sick <laughs> of this already. I mean, come on, um, this is this is probably this is why he's at the top level. This is why he gets paid what he's, he gets paid. He's just going to have to make it work until he's able to get his players or the players that he wants. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Levy has to stand on that because if he continues to not, then it's obvious the man just leaves. I mean, he's no one's begging him to stay, you know. Like He has to just understand that right now we are not in a position because the transfer window is gone to change much in the team. So he has to do what he can. And then hopefully by the time the summer comes, then we can make mm. it work. The one thing I, I kind of do feel as well a little bit is that he's behaving and talking this way because it, I almost feel like the club has given him some kind of outside pressure that the club wants top four. It's imperative we get top four. And I almost feel like he's almost saying to them, listen, you want me to do this, but you haven't given me the tools to. So it's difficult for you to keep putting this on my neck when you know that I'm trying to do the best job I can, but listen, what you've given me to do it, it's just it's just not possible, you know? <laughs> but again, when he sends those uh, messages out, 
Um, and does that again feed down to the players that detriment to his own job and the squad itself? Because um, he said he obviously came out in the in the press conference before the game and um, addressed the Italian interview he did. Well, he did the interview with Italian media and suggested you know like top four one percent chance. Yeah. Um, all of this, so we've weakened our squad on paper. Um, I didn't really read into that last that that latter comment, but that whole obviously it being impossible to be top four or one percent. Um, should he even be doing these interviews? Like, I well, mean, those it, comments like, can't be. They 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 don't serve to help him in I mean, any way. And I think we've shown. I think we've seen this season that the Italian media is not your friend. Like the captain yeah, found that out the hard way. Absolutely and, not. Absolutely not. It's just just it just it, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm unprofessional. But it just reeks of someone who's extremely temperamental, extremely emotional, and it clear like this is what football does to him. But <laughs> no, I, I, I he I, might I, actually I, be bipolar. <laughs> I, I know it sounds crazy, but then like, come on, man! Like two days ago or three days ago, we won at City, the, arguably the best team in Europe, one of the best teams in Europe, and played well against them. And we've come away to what is one of the, the bottom three sides in 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 the league, and we've not played well at all. Like. It's it's very easy to be kind of like what's the word I want to use? I'm not jumpy, but like to be up and down, you know, or tumultuous in like how you how you feel yeah. about, about the team and the players. But then again, like you like you said, I feel like the, the nature in which he spoke and the weird the way he's been speaking in the media it doesn't help. He him. was so rattled. It doesn't he help was... him at all, you know. Like even. Not even just the words, but you look at his body man, his body um like language, his mannerisms, put his hands in his pockets, huffing and puffing. Like it it it, it certainly didn't read well. And I don't want to use the word unprofes- unprofessional, but I mean uh, like I can understand why if anyone in the board um at Tottenham looked at that, they they would think we may have an issue here. Um I mean words definitely need to be had. I almost still feel it's it's more of a rallying call. Um, he's trying to get more out of the players, but also semi semi reminding the board that hey, listen, you want me to do my job? You're gonna have to cough up when it matters. Yeah, for sure. Because um, I don't think there's any way Levy. I think he'll do everything he can to try and keep him because there will be blood and people on the streets. Yeah, if, the, uh, the... if Conte was to leave. Oh. I'm, Whether I'm he be sacked or resigned, it will be it will be it will be even worse for Levy if, if like, he can yeah. ever get a situation whereby um, Conte resigns or he's, he's he leaves or X Y Z, um, having not even had a full a full year or full season at the club, um, the mm. fans will just it will it'll be ugly. Yeah, because I don't think I mean following the Pochettino, Mourinho, and Nuno sackings, I don't I think we literally cannot afford to sack him um no matter how much he kicks and screams and um yeah we can't let him resign either like you can try and hand it in but levy could like with the result he showed with the whole Kane uh circle in the summer like he just can't let him leave um he signed his contract (laughs) um he's got the option of the other year he can resign then but um after 18 months within the 18 months he's gonna have to hold it at least, at the very, very least, until the summer, um, and then we'll have to see on um, what agreements or disagreements he has with Paratigi. But again, that's 
that's for another time. Uh, as for the short term, obviously we have got another game coming up soon. Yeah. Um, potentially favourable, even though they absolutely overran us um, last season at their ground, being Leeds. Um, just for the short term, after those comments from Conte, like, where can he actually go from here? Is there anything... Um, anything he can do, small tweaks to his system that he can do to help us? Because I saw a lot of the reactive takes from uh, Spurs Twitter yesterday were calling for him to just go straight to four at the back. Just go straight to no, four at the back. No, no, I no. saw a lot of fans calling for Lucas Moura to start at the 10. Fucking ridiculous. Insane. Yeah, do you think he has to make any tweaks? No, like, I mean... Or... No, I'm sorry. I just find it ridiculous. <laughs> no, I'm, I find it ridiculous because look, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Pep came to Man City. Did he adapt any of his of his um tactical um sort of like you know uh on his terms? On um, his terms. Did, uh, Arteta after yeah. after however long at Arsenal, did he change any of, of, of his philosophies? Did Klopp when he came from Dortmund to <laughs> Liverpool? Change any of like, I just don't understand. This is a man who has actually won playing this way. I mean, it's just it, it's clear that yes, fine. Whilst he's not particularly adaptable, he has played and won consistently the way he has done so. So why are people suddenly saying, oh, because he's got the he's not got the players for it? Like, do people really want to see Emerson in a back four? Do you really want to see Hoiberg in a middle in, in like a middle two? Like. Honestly, do you want to see Lucas on the wing? You you absolutely do not. You pro- I promise you, you absolutely do not. So oh, this notion, I'll oh, change it because no, that like le- last time we actually had a manager who had a philosophy and he didn't even have the fucking balls to stick to it. Look at where it got him. It got him the sack. Fucking Nuno. Mm. No, again, I, I, uh... I'm, I, I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it. We've got Dyer playing well. We've got Romero playing well. We've got Ben oh. no, I just feel no. I just it doesn't make any sense um, for him to suddenly all those years of playing and doing well at this level to suddenly just disband his philosophy because you know um, Emerson Royale can't play in a back four, in a in a back fucking five or um, Hoybia can't play in the middle. Come on, man, get a grip, man. <laughs> oh, so I've been thinking about Romero recently, and obviously he's. World class, and he's looking to be on. The, he's on the precipice yeah. of world class. I'd say he's got a high ceiling. I feel, but he's a, he's um, a he's been caught. He's I think he's been caught out recently, um, especially against teams who are good at crossing. So Southampton will maybe not so much against Wolves because those were just catechismic errors, right? But yeah, again against Burnley. Uh, I put it down to him having to play with Sanchez at first, but he can. He looks to be a bit suspect from from crosses, so obviously yeah. I have to keep an eye on that. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess none of our centre backs are ever going to be perfect. No, no. Uh, so obviously coming into the Leeds game, um, would you make any tweaks to line up if not the system? Obviously, you um... didn't make a change to the system and. Um, are you confident? Obviously, Leeds are a team that will come on to us in a similar yeah. way to Leicester and Man City. So they're in. They're in. What are your feelings, form. sir? Bad form. They've got one in six or seven, I think. Um, last five is four losses, one draw, 
they were pretty fucking awful last night against Liverpool. Um, 6 0 loss away from home. I forgot about that. I thought the last game was United. Yeah, they got they got beat pretty badly. Uh, mm. 6-0. Um, this sort of game, as we know, you know, Bielsable is is chaotic. And I feel like if anything, we should lean into that nature. Um, so try get players who we know can get them in transition. So San, maybe get Lucas in there, definitely get Regulon in there. Um, you know, they almost like chaos ball, the up and down in a football match, almost like a basketball match. Um, Hoybjerg seems to perform adequately in these type of games as well, yeah. um, where energy is quite high. So, yeah, I mean, a few tweaks here and there with the with the team, but uh, definitely I would, I'd like to see Lucas maybe start. Um, you want to see Lucas start? Well, because this is no the sort, of game, this is no the sort of game that he... He would kind of. Do you remember how much he drowned in the game early on in the season? Yeah, to at be home. fair, at to home. Be fair, he, he he did actually. Uh, <laughs> he was horrendous. I, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm really liking Kulusevski at the moment. Like, yes, he was quiet, yes. but do you know what? What am I even saying? No, nah, Kulusevski's got to start. You've got to get Lucas on earlier though, and get him playing in like that in that sort of wing or centralish area where he kind of is good at, at you know transitioning the ball. But I'm liking Kulusevski at the moment. Uh, but these games against Leeds, they're just they're just so chaotic. It just it just annoys me, like because there's no control. Um, even watching the United game on Sunday, or was it? Yeah, Sunday. It's just end to end stuff. And by the time they basically gassed out, United just took two chances towards the end of the match and and won won the game. You know, so um, I think we'll win. I I, I honestly do. I know it's twelve thirty. And Leeds, um, whilst they get up for it at Ellen Road, um, I just feel like um, these sort of open games that are a bit more open, they they, they kind of suit us as well, um, in my opinion. So they do. Um, I agree with that. Um, see, when we had the reverse fixture, um, well, away at Leeds last year, yeah, and Mace was in charge. He just kind of set us up to be overran. Um, shout out to you, Gajita. Yeah, it is the hope that kills you. Uh, just as we make the predictions for a favorable game, thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Um, I think I obviously I'll keep the same system as well. Yeah. I definitely don't want to see Lucas Moore start though. Um, I think Kilizevsky, uh, one of our um livelier players, he definitely has to start, but for me, I really liked his uh cameo at uh. At right wing back against Burnley. So, with that said, um, I'd probably bring in a player who has had uh, good games against Leeds before. Um, I'd bring him in at right wing in Bergvine. Okay. And actually have another smart attacker in there. And hopefully okay. we can, um, because if, if Leeds just set up to do the man to man, uh, aggressive pressing style and just shuffle us over to our own right hand side. They're just gonna, yeah. they're just gonna choke us. It that that blueprint as well as just trying to shut Kane out of the game. It's just there. Well, that's like, it, isn't it? You know, we it, saw yeah. Southampton, Wolves, and Burnley do it now. Like it, we, that has to change. Something on the right hand side has to change. Yeah, Kajita um, yeah, talking about Sonny's awful performance just ah, ah, Yeah. Ah. Um, yeah, we eh? kind of touched upon Good it. Old Sonny, um, with his only moment in the game. Purple Pass, baby, Kane. man. 
fuck that guy sometimes, man. <laughs> uh, just guy just turns up whenever he wants to these days, man. There's no there's no level of consistency with that guy, man. One day he's decent, the other day you don't even see him, man. He's just he definitely yeah. starts versus Leeds, though. Um yeah, you're you're for me as well. He still starts versus Leeds. Yeah, I'd have Berg Fine and Son. Uh probably end up interchanging sides in the end because yeah, like Bergfine's obviously better off the left. Uh, yeah, he's a smart yeah. player. Like I liked what I saw of him live in the flesh at West Ham. Obviously, he had the brace against Leicester, so yeah. Um yeah, I think he comes in, Kulizewski goes right wing back and just kind of helps with the ball retention side of it on the right-hand side. Like, yeah, he might not be the best or as good as Emerson defensively. Um, but we've got to change. We've got to change something. Other yeah. than that, uh, Regulon has to come in. He's got to come um, in. I mean, why would he travel and not play yesterday? I don't know. That was no? a sketchy why would he one. Why what I was thinking uh, with Conte, um, I was thinking he might have been thinking to bring him on when it was nil-nil, and then when it went one-nil, he just thought he'd bring on um, someone he sees as a striker in Berg 9. But that would be my only um, thought process as to that. It, that would be my yeah. best guess anyway. Um, well, I, don't I, mean, know, I don't even know if he was questioned about that in the press conference, actually. I think no, that, well, I, I, don't, I don't think he was. I looked at the transcript. Um, yeah, that press conference was a bit too chaotic to get a regular yeah. question in, but I mean, I think for yeah, sure he has like, to start. There definitely has to be some change. Um, definitely has to be some change um, with regards to the, the personnel. Um, I was looking um, on, on Twitter today and I came across, well, shout out to the Extra Inch, uh, Barney, Nathan and Windy. Um, always listen to their stuff. Um, there was a spreadsheet that I that I saw that was coming about that came out that said something about um, Conte's players not performing well, um, or Conte's teams not performing well um, when they've had more or less than five days rest, um, and mm. the likelihood of winning games when we've had more than five days rest is pretty much very close to three points at like 2.7 I've noticed that especially uh, Kane and Son's performances seem yeah. to shoot right up after they've had a rest but then or, games, yeah to an extent as well um yeah generally the rest but in games uh, when you know we haven't had uh five days or we've had under five days sort of prep our average points per game is like 1.2 <laughs> um and that's been the case with uh three of the Chelsea games um, Saints away, Wolves away, uh, Burnley away. Um, and even as well, I've even found stats to show that even going further back, even at Inter, um, it was about 2.6 if they had 2.6 points per game if they had more than five days rest to just over two when they've had less. So, I mean, definitely the prep time. I mean, obviously as well, physically the prep time is also good, but it also feels like the prep time for like the team and the management um, to get get the guys ready, um, even like maybe tactically, always helps. And maybe that's why Conte was such a good manager when um, Inter came out of the Champions League uh, and they went on their crazy run um, to win the league. Or when he was at Chelsea as well, when they when they didn't have Europe. Um, and it does put us in a situation because obviously we're trying to get into Europe um, and. Hopefully, once we've had all these games in hand of played, 
maybe we might get a bit of a run on um, towards the end of the season um, when the players will have, you know, the routine schedule of like one game a week um, mm. to end the season, you know? Yeah, I mean, that was an advantage we were hoping to capitalise on, obviously having to forfeit our place in the Conference League. Yeah. Um, I see we're still in the FA Cup as well. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we've got to capitalise on that, surely. Surely. Um, just looking at our fixtures, obviously, we've got um, Leeds on Saturday. So, obviously, um, the day of audio release. So, if you're listening to this on on the day, then we'll see later today is the game. Um, then we've got Middlesbrough five days later, and then six days later, we're at home to Everton. Yeah, on and the Monday night. Five days later, we're playing Man United away. So, yeah, crucial yeah. set of games. Crucial, um, crucial games. Coming up, for sure. Um, obviously, if we were to, like, I don't even want to think about it. If we were to somehow lose to Leeds at this point and then lose to Middlesbrough, then... Could be curtains. <laughs> yeah, we may have to change our Twitter account header um, up in Sonia. <laughs> um, but yeah, going for Leeds game as well. Um, in terms of the midfield lineup, yeah, I hope Ben Tanker is an injury and he just got to, he isn't too injured. Yeah. But taken off just as a precaution. Obviously, he did the splits quite badly, but yeah, he, he didn't look too bad after after the incident. And again, um hope it was just uh just a, uh, a precaution uh, slash yeah. rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I think he's still really so like uh, he would be my first choice with um Hoybier to start in centre midfield. Yeah, he's he's um, been a, he's been a real like fresh sort of um injection into the team to be honest mm. i really enjoyed watching that's him, so. if uh that's if skip's still injured as well but yeah ben tanker has been yeah. so crucial to us recently he's been great he's been good he's a nice little signing nice little technician um to start with i mean he definitely looks like an improvement on what we have um and he's just started his you know his time at spurs so it's kind of positive just to touch upon him as well with Ben Sankur, like is he a significant improvement to uh, our midfield, or um, is it just a case of us just? Um, well, I was pretty much going to ask the same question: Are we just that devoid of quality? We're making out Ben Sankur to be well, better than he is, or is I he? I wouldn't say is he actually think... a top quality midfielder. Uh, mm, he's a no. Uh... I mean, he's an improvement in the sense that he's a he's a better technician than maybe some of the guys. I think he's got a better footballing brain as well. Yeah. Like he's got his own picture in his head as soon as he receives the ball. He's got which his is... own signature move, which you see already, his little drag back, which he uses just to find a little pocket of space, space and get his head yeah. up to play balls. He's play, he plays... Um, he, he's got a good range of passing, a good yeah. execution of passing as well. I feel like he... He has to be mainstay in the team from now until, I um, see the end of the season. And, yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. Obviously, he does favour. I see teams coming on to us as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a top midfielder. I'm just not sure. I'm still not sure yet. Even though he's a definite improvement on what we have, if he's the top four quality mid, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean. Yeah, there's there's definitely there's definitely like more there's definitely more tape to be watched in on him. Mm. 
but he has started his time at Spurs, I'd say, fairly well. I really want to see him and Skip. I really want to see him. You know what? One of the things I really like about him, I like how tenacious he is. He doesn't mind a tackle. He doesn't mind, you know, putting a foot in. He doesn't mind, like, even sometimes getting even getting a yellow if it means just stopping an attack, which I kind of feel like we've had players who are just a bit brainless when it comes to that sort of (laughs) side of the game. Whereas I feel like, I mean, he he's very, very much he, you know, this this kind of tackle that he has on lock is this sort of like this sort of jockey sort of uh this jockey sort of tackle, you know, where he, he kind of like gets his legs tangled in yours to try to take the ball from you, as opposed to you know fully sliding in or um, committing himself in that way. And then he's quite mobile immediately afterwards as well, which I kind of mm. like. He does read the game quite well as well. I've got to say, um, from what I can see of him, he tends to position himself in the right places at the right times um, more often than not, which is, um, yeah, more than can be said from um, a Viking this season anyway. <laughs> um, but just to summarise that uh, that Leeds preview, then what would you have as a score prediction? Um, two, two, one or three, one. Uh, I think Tottenham... I think we definitely concede because Leeds are a scoring team. Um, it's funny though, like they don't have like Banford seems to have like his injury problems, but they seem to still get goals. Like James is a problem at the moment. Rafinha pops up from mm. here and there. I so. like Gerhardt a lot. Yeah, Gerhardt, he's a nice player as well. Um, and obviously Harrison, is it Jack Harrison? Mm. Yeah, he's always popping up with goals as well. Yeah, he got so. a hat trick against away to West Ham. Yeah, I, so, him anyway. I mean. I mean, they're they're a goal scoring team, but I feel like just because of the chaos, I feel like it probably suits our game better. Um, so I'm going to say two or three one, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to steal that as well. I think if we go with the lineup, um, I as I mentioned earlier, I think we could run out three one or maybe even three two winners again. Um, I'd say I'd like us to continue with the three at the back again, try and make up the numbers in midfield with Romero pushing on and then Kane dropping deeper with potentially runners beyond. Obviously, yeah. we'll have hopefully the regular on Kulisevsky and in my mind, Bergwijn and Son running off him and who knows. Um, on to Spurs and like you were saying earlier when you were touching upon um other managers who stuck to their guns, I'll say, well, um, trust the process. Yeah, we're just going to have to at this point. Uh, trust um, the process. We're just going oh, to we're just gonna <laughs> have to. We're just going to have to. This is going to be a... It's going to be like... I've said it on another pod before, but I just feel like we are in a... As a club as well, and a team, we're in a bit of a transition. I just feel like right now, it kind of feels like early potch sort of time where we're still trying to find the way we want to play. We've still got players who are trying to get out and we're kind of inconsistent in our form. And I just feel like we just need another window to kind of refresh, bring in more quality, remove some of the rubbish. And mm. then we would have had a, a decent preseason where we know that, okay, this is how he wants to play. This is how he wants us to operate. And then I think it will soon click. It will. It will. It's just, it's just now the inconsistency must be so frustrating for him as well. Like knowing kind of manager he is, um, how much of a competitor he is as well. Uh, but also, you know, you know, he can't he can't shirk away from 
the responsibility. This is you're 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 the coach at Spurs. You've you've got to take on this responsibility and and deal that we're not going to win every game. We're just not at this point, you know. Fair play, fair play. Um, no, you're right, and um, I guess that summarizes our pods. Thank you, uh, Booker T, for joining us on this fine evening. Um, hopefully, the second you, half you. of this evening's game which we're currently watching goes as well as the first half for us because we need our ops to trip themselves up. Always, brother. Always, always, always. Otherwise, yeah, we're fucked. Um, we'll see, keep an eye out for our, um, our streams, which happen most Thursdays. We record every Thursday. Um, the audio form comes out every Saturday. Keep a lookout for that. And obviously, we've got the Touchline 5 games now. Um, which are in full swing. So if you want to get involved, um, hit up the New Spurs Order account. Uh, hit up Tops on Twitter as well. I believe he um, recruits some of the players. I'm going to have to try and get involved myself, even though I've got a little bit of a, a distance to travel. But yeah, who knows? Um, obviously, dark times for us right now. But yeah, like we see earlier, trust the process. Dark times never last long, man. Dark question marks next to it. We'll be good, man. We'll be fine. <laughs> All right. With that said, um, again, shout out Gajita in the comments as well tonight. And yeah, big shouts. Again, man, just keep up, uh, keep an eye out for us. That's for now. And uh, new Spurs order out. Peace. Peace. On debut, has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh yeah! Sports Social Podcast Network.